igniting original concepts. You felt like you were really making a difference for them. Why wouldn't you do that? The biggest challenge that you have is not to... You're going to have disruptions all the time. If you want something different, you have to be willing to do something different. You're listening to Forest FM, the salon business show with your host, Zoe Galilla Springer. For your industry, by your industry. Forest changed my life. When I first got the um, the demo, I told them, you guys are nuts. There's no way that we can do this without any paper. What do you mean? We're not going to have tickets? With each new business that joins, Forest is inspired to be better. We understand that behind these businesses are real people, like US-based salon owner Maggie DeFalco or Dublin-based salon owner Sarah Doyle, who you'll hear from in just a minute. These people have very real ambitions for growth, and so their dreams become our dreams too. I knew we were behind. I knew that if we did not do a change and go to forest or a, a cloud base and all the good things that you all brought to the table, we were behind. We were falling behind. And so I, I can't say anything that I don't embrace about what the transition was. Celebrating that journey and growing with its innovation and team, Forrest has always made a point of developing features driven by the reality and ideas of the thousands of salons, spas, and clinics simultaneously running their businesses on Forrest. That's the one thing I've always found at Forrest is that they just listen. You guys know the software part of it, but as they will always say, kind of, we're the ones using it, we're the one implementing it in the salon. So the feedback from us, and they've always, always listened. And that was the one thing I think was they haven't actually changed in, in that sense. So from the time I started with them to now, I know they've grown as a huge company, but the customer service has never changed. It's always stayed the same, no matter how big a business you are, or how small a business you are, or how big Forest has actually grown, it's still the same. That's kind of why I've always constantly stuck with them. My colleagues on the data and analytics team would give this warning. Data is like food, meaning it can have a best buy date. The longer it exists, the more stale it gets. So with data coming from hundreds of thousands of salons, spa, and clinic clients, and millions of appointments, how do we make sense of all of it? And how can it help build industry-specific features and overall, a great product? Well, it only seemed natural to turn to the research team at Forest and ask. So joining us on today's episode is Verna Wall, research manager at Forest, who you might have seen on stage at conferences in the US or Ireland over the past 12 months or so. Working remotely from a small town in the sunny southeast of Ireland, a huge part of Verna's job is to explore and learn about the challenges faced by salon owners and managers, their teams, and consumers across the world. Without further ado, Verna, welcome to Forest FM. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. So when you joined Forest in 2019, the product team would have already been known to talk to customers often, but there wasn't any one person dedicated to conducting research. Today, you have a small yet global team that sits within the wider product team, working closely with product management, data, design, and development to help make effective evidence-based decisions with our clients' needs at the forefront. What does research mean to you? Yeah, I mean, research for me, and it's not the most exciting answer, uh, but I feel very strongly about it. It's, it's looking for answers to questions, you know, so that you can make an informed decision. By making that informed decision, you just reduce risk and you solve real problems. And for us, you're solving real 
problems for our clients, you know, our salon owners. So for me, it's about, you know, understanding as much as you can and then sharing that with as many people as you can. Research is a bit like being on a balancing beam between clients and forest. It's standing in our client's corner and maintaining a deep understanding of not just their needs and desires from software, but also empathizing with who they are on a human level. With the research team that Verna manages sitting within the wider product team at Forest, I thought it'd be interesting to feature a segment from a 2022 interview with Chief Product Officer Patrick Monaghan, otherwise known as Patty, um, in which he explains just how important people are to the hair and beauty industry and shares his views on the role that technology should play within that context. So much of the behavior, so much of the uh, success of a salon is driven by the staff. So the people side of it, it's you can't just automate away everything, right? The people is so important to this industry. I mean, again, this is going to seem really obvious for people listening. Um, and I, I mean, I did know that in, in some sense, but just not as deeply as having observed it. Most of the performance of the business, it, it's really driven home by the staff, by the people who are on the front lines, the people who are serving customers every day, you know, cutting, coloring, treating, treating people in the rooms, the, these things. And so these things are really important. And actually technology has a different kind of route to play there. It's, it's not that you want to automate everything away. There's a lot of things you want to automate away, but there's some things that you want to just empower. The technology needs to empower the staff to do the best job that they can and to be the, like, the best versions of themselves. Um, I know that Ro- Ronan's kind of refreshed a lot of the mission around Forest, around helping people you know, be the best versions of themselves. And so I think that what I've taken away from this, which I think is like a truth that salon owners will understand, is that you can drive the performance of your business through your staff. If you can really nail that, you're going to nail your, your salon's growth. And this truth that Patty speaks about, I'm sure it resonates with you, listening. And I say this because it certainly was echoed in conversations I've had with salon owners of US-based award-winning businesses. Aaron Jones, Urban Evolution Salon in Georgia. Sherry Hancock, Finibella Salon in Ohio. Stacy Holmes, Steel Blade Men's Salon in New Mexico. We talk a lot about guest experience and like the way that somebody feels and, and how much like it matters, our skill matters, but what matters a whole lot more is the way that that person feels when they're inside of our business. And so a lot of that really gets trickled down from leadership because we try to create an environment in which our team feels safe, secure, good, happy, so that they can in turn like kind of, kind of give that to the guest. How I treat people, is how I want them to treat people. And how I still help my team, I'll still shampoo for you if I'm sitting down and eating a sandwich and there's nobody left. I lead the example. And I think that that's created the strong culture in my salon as to just being great people and being on top of um, customer care. And even if the customer is not your customer, they're still our customers. We all work together and I know that I can tell you how many, I mean, so many times that clients walk in and they will actually say, wow, this is a really, it's a really nice place to be. I can see how much you guys all help each other. We always on the floor, we are always taking care of each other and taking care of any, anybody that's in this, in this space. It's a relationship business. I am there every single day and um, because I enjoy it, I like talking to the customers and I find out after the fact when I'm not there, the customers are like, where's the redhead? Where's Stacy? 
they do miss me when I'm not there, but uh, the team I have right now, they all believe in, well, it's their essence of excellent customer service. So from the minute you walk in the door, my front desk, you know, a big hello. It's almost like that guest, we've been waiting for that one guest the whole day. That's how they feel when they come in, even though we do, you know, you know, a lot. So it's just a, it's, it's a feeling um, just uh, from the time they come in and the staff welcomes them. Even if uh, it's not their client, they still say hello. Just really all the details. Like I have a certain smell in there. I have, um, you know, all the, the soda and all those little things. It's just the details have mattered. And um, the staff has been trained on... Um, you know, the way that we want things done and whether they go to this person or that person, they're getting a similar service. Um, not, not that we're robots or anything, but it's, they, they're, they're very consistent and detail-oriented. And to Stacey Holmes' point, it is a relationship business. We've seen the undeniable deep connection between salons and their clients during the pandemic, which sure stalled in-person experiences for a while, but in response, many salons only dialed up the experiential factor. And as soon as they could, they created a destination for their beloved clientele. Because when your salon is a destination, rather than just a place they go to for their hair and beauty services, clients think differently. But even during the time when things had just reopened and people were having to wait weeks to get back into their salon, some businesses, such as the Ritz Inc., thought outside the box and doubled down on their connection with clients and their desire to get pampered once again. And you can hear from Mary Kimmy King, the manager at the Ritz Inc. on this. So, you know, we had this brand new salon to come into as soon as we got to come back from COVID. And whenever we opened, we didn't skip a beat. So our clients didn't have to wait to come in because we had flexible schedules for our stylists that were rotating. Um, you know, so clients weren't waiting eight weeks to get an appointment. and they weren't inconvenienced. A lot of places you could only have one client at a time based off of the capacity issues. But we had a huge tent outside in our back parking lot and we had um, a big air conditioning because we are in Louisiana, so it's so hot. So we had a huge AC unit like underneath the tent so the clients could go process outside and we could take another clients and we could still continue to double book. So we were still getting in the same amount of clients. You know, a question that we always get asked was like, oh, was it so hard? And like, you know, did it take so long to get everybody in? And I was like, no, I actually like made the most money in 2020. You know, our salon was so successful because we were able to get everybody in and clients were, you know, like begging at our doorsteps to get in as soon as they found out that we could open. Um, so, our, you know, our owner and myself and another manager at the time, we all worked together like, how can we make this work? Because everybody wants to come back to work and everybody wants to get their hair done. Ever since we've come out of the pandemic, we've noticed a big shift in the industry. And this is evident in all sorts of data sets. We know that COVID has played a huge part in this, and it's important that we reassess needs and expectations from consumers towards their salons and spas. So it makes even more sense for that reason to have an established research team at Forest. So I asked Verna to describe what the day-to-day -day of her role entails and also to share the number one focus her team set out to tackle in 2022 going into this year. 
This is possibly one of the hardest questions, um, you know, even explaining to my mom what I do, to be honest. Yeah, no two days are the same, but I like to think that we work kind of, there's three different aspects to our job. One of them is working by ourselves, doing our own research, writing our reports, getting presentations ready, you know, doing our own research online or internally. Uh, the second aspect then is working as part of a team. As you mentioned, the research team is small but mighty um, and we're dotted kind of globally. It's not just jumping on meetings, uh, that happens quite a bit. But even, you know, Kate, who's one of our researchers based in New Zealand, set up a channel um, in our internal messaging tool and set up a competition for the month. And the competition basically was, you know, each day we post an insight in the form of a question and whoever got the answer correct or close to the correct answer got points. And at the end of the month, there was a winner. So, you know, sharing our insights to as many people who are willing to, to hear them um, is also part of that working um, across teams. And then the third aspect, which is probably the most important, is working with our clients. So um, obviously, you know, with salon owners and managers, but also service providers, people who work at the front desk and also their guests. And that, as you mentioned, you know, in Forest, it's always been part of our ethos to talk to clients and engage with, with salon interactions. But, you know, it's not just jumping on a phone call or emailing our clients. Sometimes we work in salons or we go visit them or they visit us in the office and we have that really great relationship with our clients. Um, so that's a huge part of research. So I would say that they're probably the three main aspects of our job, but the topic or theme that we're looking into definitely differs uh, researcher to researcher or depending on the trends that we're seeing. You know, up until maybe this year, our main focus was working with the product and development team, working on feature development, and that involved working with product managers, designers, and developers, and making sure that when we're building a feature or a solution, that we're doing it with the user in mind, whoever that user is, um, but that we're getting that context, you know, are you standing at a front desk and it's super noisy and you've got customers in front of you, um, or are you sitting in an office and it's nice and quiet? We still very much do that. Um, but that research is shared across multiple disciplines. You know, what are the biggest problems facing salon owners? Um, and even in a post-COVID world, we're seeing that, you know, people aren't carrying cash, so that's having an influence on tipping in the salon. Or, you know, service providers are, you know, maybe gravitating towards a self-employed model. Um, I know that's been around in the industry for quite some time, but we're seeing a spike post-COVID. Um, as well as understanding, you know, how, what are kind of good software practices, not just in the hair and beauty industry, but in other industries as well. So that's probably our main focus right now is to understand, again, that bigger picture and being able to share those insights in as many places as possible, uh, internally in Forest, but also with salon owners. If interviewing salon owners has always been part of the ethos at Forest, like Patty said, it can only get you so far. When I first started in the industry, for my first six months, I set myself a goal where um, four days a week, I had to call one salon owner a day, um, four days a week, every week for the first six months. And I did that and it worked phenomenally well. I learned so much about the industry because I didn't know that before. And so I, I considered myself quite an expert on uh, salon owners. And then I went and worked in the industry and kind of opened my eyes to a whole other world that I really, really hadn't um, understood as well. At the start of 2022, led by Verna, the research team conducted a large survey with an independent panel of salon clients and received over 1,300 responses. Now, this survey explored the consumer behaviors and motivations for choosing and staying with their salon, understand the why behind their decisions. This prompted me to ask her two things. First, 
what are the different types of research that the team does and how do they differ from one another? And second, when we take surveys such as like that huge consumer survey, the salon owner surveys that we send out, and then big data, and by big data, I mean the trends and patterns across our industry from the data that we see of having, you know, close to 10,000 businesses using Forest. What does that look like? And how do you bring all these different data sets together and make sense of them in a holistic way? Yeah, there's two main, I suppose, types of research that we do here in Forest, uh, generative and evaluative. Generative is that kind of bigger picture. You're taking a step back and you're trying to understand the needs and desires, I suppose, of your users. So as I mentioned, we have multiple users in Forest. It's not just the salon owner, but service providers, front desk, the, the guests. Um, and you're trying to understand the kind of emotional side, like why are decisions made um, when it comes to the salon and what motivates people to make those decisions. Sometimes, you know, you might be having an interview with a salon owner and they spark an idea, you know, maybe something that is causing them a lot of frustration at a given time or that they're finding, you know, this is causing me a lot of time and money. And so that sparks an idea of, okay, how can we dig into this a little bit deeper? You know, how many salons are affected by this problem? And can we look at potential solutions? Whereas evaluative is more around feature development. Because we're stretched across multiple countries, you see real cultural differences. Like sometimes there's such consistencies within one country and you're seeing none of it in maybe Ireland versus the US. Um, but it's still it, like that. It sparks that idea for us to explore and see how maybe we can come up with maybe a solution that caters to everyone. When we know we're working on something, you know, how do we build it so that it makes sense with the user in mind? And when it comes to designing, we get input the whole way along. As I mentioned earlier, you know, our salons are fantastic. They're always willing to give us feedback. We've got beta groups who test everything for us. They jump on Zoom calls, they send us emails, they send us feedback. So we really are lucky that we have such a thorough evaluative process when it comes to research. And we have so many people internally who are jumping on that all the time. So they're the two main types of research that we carry out. And yeah, anyone who's been on the receiving end of our research, it often takes the form of maybe a Zoom call, an interview, or a, a, a long survey. You know, the consumer data gave us insights into why consumers are making certain decisions or what motivates them to make certain decisions when it comes to their salon. Um, whereas the salon owner survey gave us insights into how salons are set up to meet the needs of their guests, you know, through attracting new clients and retaining guests, selling retail um, and so on. Whilst our big data, which is really exciting, it's across, you know, thousands of businesses, you know, hair, beauty, aesthetic, multiple countries millions of customers you know we're seeing insights into how they interact with their salon so when you combine all three they complement each other really well you're seeing what consumers want you're seeing what consumers do and then you're seeing how salons meet their needs and in doing that we see some really great opportunities for forest as well as salon owners you know we're able to see these are real problems that can be solved and you know we're able to give you that data to prove it um, so yeah, it, again, it ties back to that previous question of what research means to me, and that's why I get excited about this, because with that full picture, it helps you to make an informed decision, reduce that risk, and solve real problems. So working with the data you gather and collaborating with the various different teams to build great products, can you describe what that looks like with an instance of a feature that we've developed in the past couple of years, say? Yeah, as a team, that's the, even going back to earlier, you know, it is such a collaborative approach and it's a shared responsibility. You know, it's not on the researchers to do research when it comes to evaluating our 
features. Um, and so that is shared across the entire team. And one thing I learned very early on in Forest is you can never talk to enough salons. You can never, if you talk to 20, then you could you could talk to another 20, you know? So that's always been instilled in us, I think from the day you joined Forest, which is always great. Um, when it comes to feature development, example that springs to mind um, is our online store. You know, when we first built that in response to COVID, we didn't really know what order to build things. We had an idea, um, but we wanted to get something out to, to salon's hands as quickly as possible. So we yeah. jumped on a call, like, you know, a Zoom call with 30 salon owners, and we asked them, you know, what's more important, this or that? And they were able to tell us, and that informed, you know, we were still going to build both, but it informed our priority. And that's kind of how we build our products here in Forest. You know, we have an idea of what to build based on the feedback we hear, but we're not the users of the product. We're not going to be the ones selling retail online through the Forest store. So we can't be the ones to make that decision without any data or without any input from our salons. So for the past 12 months, Verna Wall, Rich Cullen and the Forest Research Team have been gathering feedback, conducting surveys with both salons and their clients, going on the road for in-person visits and hosting sessions on Zoom, starting conversations with business owners all over the world. They've been looking at the data and asking questions, all with a simple motive to find out what the best salons are doing to be successful. Now, since we were on the topic of surveys, I asked Verna about the 2022 salon owner survey they conducted, what it looked at specifically, and trends or stats that stood out as surprising. And this is what she shared with me. Yeah, this survey in particular, I think is just, again, another example of how our salons engage with research at Forest and make research possible. Um, you know, 500 responses and I can safely say it was a lengthy survey. I think it would have taken at least 20 minutes to complete. So uh, very grateful for our clients for engaging with us. But this survey took a deep dive into the running of a salon. Um, so, you know, how are salons set up to attract and retain clients, sell retail, either in salon or online, how they market their business, how the consumer experience looks like, and also what are the biggest challenges faced by a salon owner in 2022? What are their biggest fears? And what do they see as the biggest opportunities for their business? So we got to see a lot of kind of the salon post-COVID. When it comes to choosing a new salon, price and convenience were factors, but they weren't the number one factors. And that was a little bit surprising because, you know, people are price conscious. Um, and when they're in an anonymous survey, they tend to say, you know, cost is the number one reason. But the number one influence for choosing a new salon is referrals, word of mouth, um, which isn't surprising in our industry, but it's surprising that it's still number one in the kind of day of people being online, people moving more towards the digital side of things. So 68% of people are influenced by word of mouth or referrals from their friends and family when it comes to choosing a new salon. So that just really st like stood out for us. Um, again, it's not, not unexpected in the industry, but to be that high still today is really remarkable. So you said it earlier, a lot of people are moving to all sorts of digital solutions, booking online, for instance. Um, in fact, online bookings are 1.3 times more popular than any other method of booking, 40% versus 30% online versus over the phone. But in saying that, some people still love to ring the salon and book over the phone. So has any of your research informed or um, hinted at a reason or maybe even just like some insights as to why some people still prefer to book their appointments over the phone? Yeah, this one, this one surprised me, to be honest, because 30% of people 
choosing to call over the phone, you know, you've got a limited window when the phone lines are open, you know, you mightn't get the booking you want on time. And I've heard this from people, you know, my friends and family. So for three in 10 people to still phone was quite surprising for us. Of those 30%, 84% of them actually want to book online, but they don't because they want to get confirmation of they're booking in the right service, they're booking in with the right person, or they're booking in at the right time. So it's purely making sure that they're getting the right thing that they want and they don't trust themselves when it comes to booking online. Um, but again, that's a huge opportunity for sal salons. You know, 84% of people phoning you to make an appointment would rather do it online. So you're not risking losing those customers, um, but there's ways in which, you know, maybe teach your guests what they should be booking for before they leave if they're not rebooking with you um, or making your service menu really simple. But people want to book online, so making it as accessible as possible hopefully will reduce the noise at the front desk. When you're continuously attracting the right clients, the growth cycle repeats. And the best way to get more dream clients is through referrals. According to Rich and Verna, the best salons know that it's essential to support the cycle of referrals with your own brand awareness efforts. So in other words, you must be visible in the places, online or physical, where your dream clients are spending time outside of the salon. And you have to keep in mind that these types of efforts are not a recipe for instant results. That being said, if you're intentional about it and you keep at it, the positive impact on your salon's name recognition and reputation will build up over time. Now, one way you can do this is through brand partnerships. And again, it's not an entirely new concept, but it has evolved recently as the shop local trend that's been picking up steam ever since 2020. In previous Forest FM episodes, I've been speaking to salon owners who had challenges attracting new or at least dream clients or wanted to develop a, at least a new concept to attract a different type of clientele. And so the next segment will feature clips from those episodes, uh, one interview with Bonnie Conte and then with Aaron Raber. And if you'd like to listen to them in full, Bonnie Conte's interview is featured in season six, episode 248, and Aaron Raber's interview is also season six, episode 257. We opened in 2001, and by 2006, our big challenge was maintaining consistency because we were going through rapid growth back then. Like, um, And then our 10-year mark, we had survived the recession. We were just trying to get through it. Uh, 2008, November, things just went woof. It's <laughs> like, what yeah. just happened? And, uh, you know, we were just climbing out of a recession and we were starting to do a lot of cool things like um, working with our local chamber and doing a lot of venting and really um, supporting other small business. So that's what we were doing then. And then jump forward 10 years and that puts us at 2021. So we were surviving again and uh, igniting original concepts to inspire my teams and myself um, to do greater work. So Vibe, our, our new company, is a great example of that. Um, it, it makes us stretch ourselves professionally. Um, it's about getting myself and my team unstuck so that we can think outside our comfort zone. Um, and, and really the reason for doing it is about growth and it's it's about finding a new way to delight our guests. So um, Pinup Curls, we've always been great at retention. 
we struggled with attracting new guests, number one, because we were a training salon I hired straight out of beauty school. Um, We did a lot of things like um, definitely word of mouth, asking for referrals, legit going to um, stores and passing out our cards. Uh, We hosted little kids' birthday parties at the salon, hoping that the parents would fall in love with us. Like We did things like that, um, but we were never dialed into who we were as pinup girls. Right. And so we never had a target market that we were actually speaking to. Once I realized what we were missing, that I didn't know we were missing, we really started growing from that. I mean, like growing, having a waiting list. Like I understood what brand meant as far as like how I wanted a guest to feel in the salon, but I did not understand the guests that I wanted in the salon. The struggle I had as a business owner is I'm trying to market for 26 individuals. Who's the target market? If you know me, Pinup Curls, I always, it's our team. It's our, it's our business. Um, and that was really hard for me to be like, okay, at the end of the day, Pinup Curls is Aaron first. And so who does Aaron want to fill the salon up with? And when I could really take that out and really dial in on what I wanted truly for my business, it opened up so many things. One of the main things we always keep in mind when we develop new features at Forest is whether the technology will help grow the average spend of clients going into salons. Concretely, that can be things like the online store we built in the middle of the pandemic. And so I asked Verna about what related insights they uncovered in regards to what could help increase the average spend of clients in salons. Going back to those insights that we learned from the consumer data, when it comes to boosting average spend in the salon, we looked purely at retail um, because those insights really surprised us. You know, 54% of consumers who don't buy retail from your salon want to, which is huge. 48% of consumers are influenced by their service provider when it comes to buying retail. So those two particular insights are really powerful for a salon owner. But also from our big data, um, we learned that people with retail goals sell twice as much retail as those who don't have goals. So, you know, it can take it can take shape in many different ways, um, but it's what, what makes sense for your business, for your team at a given time of the year. Um, but definitely motivating your staff is, is looking like it's going to double your retail sales really from our big data. After delivering a brilliant presentation at Data Driven in Nashville in 2022, the dynamic duo formed by Verna and Rich walked the stage at the Salon Owner Summit 2023 this past January to share the rest of their findings, which you can dive deeper into in a recap article on the Forest blog. Turns out all the best salons are doing the same three things. One, they work hard at attracting dream clients. Two, they're client obsessed. And three, they're open to flexibility. If you're feeling the Salon Owners Summit FOMO and you want to make sure you're in the room to hear all of the insightful talks next year, make sure to click the link in today's show notes for the Salon Owners Summit website and secure your tickets as soon as possible. And Verna, thank you so much for coming on to Forest FM. It's been an absolute pleasure. Amazing. Thank you so much. Every year, thousands of salons apply for the chance to be crowned a winner in the Salon Today 200 Awards. 
As one of the most sought-after awards among salons and spas, Salon Today 200 honors the best of the best in the industry in North America, celebrating those going above and beyond in salon leadership and management. With categories ranging from salon growth to customer service and salon culture, the award is an incredible achievement and one a salon should not be afraid to shout about. And while each winner has something unique to bring to the table, there's one common thread, their choice of salon technology. The US-based salon owners you've heard from in this episode all were crowned winners in the 2022 Salon Today 200 Awards. And in 2023, 33.5% of Salon Today's top 200 winners used Forest Salon software as their preferred software of choice, an increase of 11.9% on 2022 figures. With a vast array of features ranging from a state-of-the-art marketing suite to in-depth reporting and dashboards, Forest Salon software helps salons attract new clients while also ensuring their existing ones continue to come back. Born on the salon floor, bred to help you thrive. With over 9,000 salons and spas as customers across the globe and growing, Forest Salon software is the system of choice for the forward-thinking salon owners. Congratulations to all the Forest Salons who've won this year. And thank you for the Salon Today winners for sharing your journey with us and to all of our salons and spas around the world for trusting Forest as your software partner. We're here for you every step of the way. And if you'd like to hear more about joining the Forest community, get in touch and book a demo with our team because together we grow. Thanks for listening to Forest FM. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. As always, you can head over to forest.com forward slash FM to catch all the latest from the show and check out the links and resources mentioned throughout the episode. And if you've got any feedback, be sure to let us know. Send us an email at forestfm at forest.com. Brought to you by Forest Salon Software. Forest FM episodes air weekly, sharing inspiring stories from the salon floor and amplifying community voices all over the globe. In your salon, we're at the heart of it. This episode was edited and mixed by Audio Z, Montreal's cutting-edge post-production studio for creative minds looking to have their vision professionally produced and mixed. Great music makes great moments.